Welcome to Junior L's and Now What, episode 10. One of the things that I learned in college at a public speaking class was that breathing is extremely important, especially for people who have a fear of public speaking. The teacher we had, I believe she was a volleyball coach or something, explained to us that the way you breathe is very important because your body reacts differently when you breathe in different ways. What she explained to us was that if you breathe with your diaphragm, so in other words, if you put your hand on your stomach and you breathe in and out, you feel your belly moving in and out, that helps to slow your heart rate. It's uh, Whether intentional or not, it kind of goes back to some meditation techniques. If, on the other hand, you breathe with, for lack of a better word, your chest or your rib cage, what happens is, is you creates a fight or flight reaction, which apparently changes the blood flow in your body in certain ways. It accelerates your heart rate. You get an adrenaline jump, which, especially for those of us who struggle with anxiety, bumps your anxiety up, and it has a plethora of other reactions. The reason why she was explaining this all to us was to help us to understand that if we wanted to be able to relax and not freak out when we were public speaking, speak slower, things of that nature, to breathe with our diaphragm to help us to have a more regulated uh, heart rate and breathing. One of the things that I found not too long after she taught us this technique was that when I tried to breathe that way, it also helped with other things I was struggling with. Um, so I'm in my late thirties and when I was in my very early twenties, I had my gallbladder removed because I was struggling with some internal issues. And even with my gallbladder removed, I still struggle with some of them. But when things get really bad, I have found that even if at times when it is counterintuitive, when I breathe with my diaphragm, it helps some of those other things that I struggle with. You'll understand why I'm bringing this up later. So that's illustration number one. Illustration number two, we all hopefully have heard the story of Beauty and the Beast, how uh, the Beast does something offensive to a woman who has magical powers, and she curses him into becoming this beast in all of his household. And he has to remain that way until he truly falls in love with somebody and they truly fall in love with him. And then the curse will be broken and all return to normal again. And the story goes on to introduce uh, later in his existence, prior to the little flower losing its final petal, uh, Belle and her father show up in a particular order, and Belle eventually falls for him, and he falls for her, and the curse is broken. Yes, I just ruined the story. One of the things about this story that I really, really want you to latch on to is this idea that even though the beast was surrounded by people, or at least the semblance of people, you know, in the forms of you know, the brooms and the the, um, the clock and the candlestick, he truly, genuinely felt alone, like he was trapped in a prison, uh, sort of a prison of his own making, sort of a prison of, you know, the making of this woman who I guess we could kind of call her a witch or uh, a wizard of sorts, but he was trapped and he felt alone, truly alone. All right, so that was illustration number two. Over the last month or so, I've brought up two primary topics without giving them names. By the last episode, you probably figured out what they are if you hadn't already. So the first topic I refer to as Enigma Alpha. 
And I introduced the seven bastions of that, which I'm going to repeat really, really quickly. So hopefully it will keep us uh, honest here. The seven bastions of Enigma Alpha are nothing can be proven is number one. Number two must be acted upon. Number three, asking questions is good. In fact, you really have to ask questions. However, remember to ask to understand, not ask to prove, especially since nothing can be proven. Enigma or uh, bastion number four is it must enhance itself and everything it touches, not just some things, everything. Bastion number five, the source matters, but isn't necessarily relevant whether or not it's true. Bastion number six is whether or not you agree with it or whether or not it offends you. It doesn't change whether or not it's true. And then bastion number seven is the peace trifecta. It has the potential to bring you, those that you know, love, or uh, cherish peace, and your enemies or those that perceive you as enemies peace. Okay, so that's Enigma Alpha. Enigma Beta had seven bastions as well that I brought up, I believe, last week. And they are, number one, is that this is emotional-based, whereas Enigma Alpha was uh, based in the brain. It's knowledge-based. Bastion number two is it answers the why. It's the motive. Bastion number three is it gives courage. Bastion number four is it sheds light of understanding. Bastion five, it can exist anywhere if it is fueled. Bastion six is it grows as part of its relationship with Enigma Alpha. So this goes back to the phrase imperative mutualistic symbiotic relationship. And then its seventh bastion is the same for both Enigma Alpha as well as Enigma Beta. And that is the peace trifecta. So, the big reveal. Enigma Alpha is faith. Enigma Beta is hope. The reason for the first illustration in this podcast is an understanding. This goes back to why I have not given them names. Is that most people think of faith as religious. In fact, they were referred to as religions as faiths. However, like the breathing technique, Faith is not religiously specific. Faith can exist in anything, science and otherwise. In fact, it goes back to the very first bastion of Enigma Alpha, or the first principle of faith, is that nothing can be proven. If nothing can be proven, then it doesn't matter whether it's religious or not. It only matters whether or not it's something that can grow and, you know, the rest of the other bastions or principles. And so faith and hope, the mind and the heart elements work together to help bring us understanding and ultimately peace. Whether it's we're trying to understand a language or whether we're trying to understand a science or whether we're trying to just understand humans, those are the base principles behind it. And so up to this point, I've introduced in the podcast a variety of principles from perspective to um, gratitude. And part of it was to just kind of get the ball rolling. Part of it was to try to understand peace. They both, they all built up to this concept of peace. Faith and hope ultimately lead to the potential of peace, which is something we're all looking for. And it's definitely something that this world needs. To truly understand something though, sometimes it's easier to understand its opposites. 
The opposite of faith and hope are doubt and despair. We all understand that doubt and despair can exist outside of religion. So faith and hope must because they are the opposites of them. The relationship is also interesting because, again, doubt and despair, mind and heart, faith and hope, mind and heart. As faith increases, it has a, a inverse relationship with doubt, uh, inversely proportional. I apologize. Inversely proportional relationship with doubt. As faith grows, doubt decreases by the same rate. Same is true with hope and despair. Hope grows at the same rate that despair decreases. But the same is true vice versa. You cannot have faith growing and doubt growing at the same time. They will always counter each other. And doubt supports despair and despair supports doubt. Same is true with uh, with faith and hope. The reason I brought up the second illustration of the beast, the idea that you have this creature that is trapped in a prison of both their own making as well as the making of this witch. The fact that he is truly in despair and doubt about his own future and what's going to happen to him. Each and every one of us at some point in our existence will very likely feel that same way. Whether somebody did something to us or something did something to us or whether we did something that caused us to be in that situation. Or for heaven's sakes, maybe it's just hormones and we're going through some stage in life, whether it's younger or older, and we're in this place where we are alone. If you remember back to the illustration I gave not too long ago about the person who's lost in the woods and needs to make a fire, imagine for the moment that every single person in this world has felt alone has felt, uh, for lack of a better word, abandoned, and you're in that world of doubt and despair. So this goes to the and now what portion of this podcast. No matter what stage of life you're in, and no matter your circumstances, one of the bastions or principles of hope is that it can exist anywhere. Faith and hope versus doubt and despair are uniquely ours. They are not something that can be bought and sold. They are not something that can be forced upon you, regardless of what certain groups of people, certain governments or organizations may believe. You ultimately have the freedom always, no matter where you are at, to have either faith and hope or doubt and despair. That is yours. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to fight for it. Sometimes you even have to fight yourself for it. I recently had an experience where I was at a restaurant sitting outside in the springtime. Spring hasn't really come yet. It's still cold and rainy. But I love the cold and I love the rain. And we're sitting just outside the restaurant eating some fantastic food near the tops of a mountain peak. And it's slightly raining outside, and I can see the beautiful mountains around me, the forest's life. And in that situation, I felt peace. I was able to smile, and I was able to not experience doubt and despair. I felt my muscles relax, and I felt the light 
grow. It wasn't physical. It was a different kind of light. A light that touches the heart and the mind. This is not light that can come from doubt and despair, though. This is light that comes from faith and hope. The base principles that put us onto that path of peace and light. What if the only way to achieve our maximum potential in this life is to hand everyone else a ladder so they can climb out of the hole known as despair and doubt and reach for the light known as faith and hope. Have a spectacular week. Smile, be happy, and remember that you're worth it and that Chuck Norris doesn't dream he has simulations.